Today we are joined by a very special guest, Eve Wilmer, who is the VP of Customer and Solutions Engineering at Interface. Heads in the Cloud, with your hosts, David Portnowitz, John Roth, and Frederick Weiss. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. And I'm John Roth. And today we are joined by a very special guest, one of our long-term partners, Steve Wilmer, who is the VP of Customer and Solutions Engineering at Interface. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And just to be clear, you are not in St. Louis, right? You're not in our city. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. We wanted to be clear because we were thinking... You're in Earth City, and you had there was some snow up there, and uh, uh, you know about the the arch. I, I, I'm a little disappointed. I was thinking that you would be there, but uh, I'm I'm easily disappointed. So just don't take it personally, Steve. Okay. No, that's the beauty of online collaboration, man. I can be over here in Virginia, and it's like I'm just there in St. Louis, except without the snow. And well, so in this day and time, you can be anywhere you want to be, right? And just that's get on the podcast. Correct. Just yeah. get on a yeah. St. Louis is looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, you come to us from Interface. Interface has been a Star to Star partner for going on, I think, maybe 13 years, almost since the beginning of Star to Star, and has been a a tremendous partner with Star to Star. Um, Has brought brought us numerous customers like Michaels and Sally Beauty and Truck Pro and et cetera. Um, Tell us a little bit about Interface, you know, for our partners or for everyone listening, and tell us a little bit about Interface, what you guys do, and uh, and how you ended up there? Yeah, sure. So, so Interface is a is a cool company, and I'll get back to you know how I ended up here. But I think of Interface as kind of a platform MSP. A lot of MSPs out there are point solution MSPs, and it's you know we do WAN Edge or we do UCAS or we do you know the, this thing. Uh, where Interface really is a, a platform where customers can consume uh, services a la carte. You know they can buy point solutions from us, but they can also buy combinations of solutions that that make sense for distributed enterprises in particular. So when you think of the the platform, we have really four key services that we offer. We have managed network. And so that's, you know, WAN edge, LAN support, connectivity, SD-WAN. So we have a mature practice around that. We have our UCAS offering, which, you know, goes very well hand in hand with the network. Um, And and we we go to market for distributed enterprises. And we can also support, you know, high user density um, environments as well. And then we have business security. So for business security, one of the things that makes Interface unique is that we have that business security offering that we can put on the network. So where a lot of these security applications historically have been POTS-based or kind of premise-based, we do local recording, now everything has an IP on it. And so whether it's access control, whether it's video, whether it's an intrusion alarm, these are now communicating over a network that, that we can control. And so that's, those are solutions that we bring um, and recently added, it's something that we've had for a while, but we've just announced a new partnership, is business intelligence. And so now we're taking that video a step further and saying, how can we look at that video and get information that is useful for the marketing organization, for merchandising? And so we're looking at things like user counts, uh, dwell time in certain areas, traffic patterns for store planning, wow. all the way down to being able to do you know, heat maps on specific products, which is kind of cool. You can say, Very okay, this, this area is red and it's M&Ms or whatever it might be, you know, it's a hot item on the shelf. So, so it's pretty comprehensive. Take a step back, Steve. So Interface, correct me if I'm wrong, I could be very wrong. It really got it got its start in the physical security space, right? It did, yeah. So when the company was founded 26 years ago, um, it was really just a security integrator. 
um, and and like many security integrators, grew through acquisition and said, you know, hey, this this integrator is doing a great job over here. Let's join voices, and now we we can become regional, we can become national, and and just grew organically that way. <clears throat> and then um, there was a strategic acquisition um, about 15 years ago of a network company, which is really what brought the network and the physical security together. And with network, um, you know, came the the UCAS piece. So it, it became very important to say. Now that we're providing a network, we can also, you know, and, and really at the beginning, it was one of those, uh, would you like fries with that type solutions? We can add UCAS, you know, which we called VoIP, right? Now we call it UCAS, but it was, hey, we can add a VoIP line and it's POTS replacement. And that's kind of how we looked at it at the time, where it's really evolved to be, you know, a more strategic piece for our customers. I remember in the beginning when, uh, you know, back in 2000, 2008, you, uh, you brought on a large... A, a large retail location uh, scattered throughout the country, you know, four, I think it was 9,000 location at the time. And I remember the story because I, I basically, I went out there and supported ISS uh, from 2009 to 2011. Um, and I worked on that project and, and a few others that you guys are famous for. And, uh, you know, it was never about voice at that time. It was about you're, you're, you basically were, uh, had an RFP to go out and basically bring DSL from one provider throughout all those locations. And uh, you had a very wise, you had some wise people that were in the room because that's when just when the UCAS or the voice side came along and they basically, they ask about that and they go, well, you know, we've got POTS lines. We're not going to change any of that. And all of a sudden they looked at the scenario, what we could do and what we added as a partnership to you guys and that's where the ROI came from. It wasn't, it wasn't about bringing all that together. So you guys are really, you partnered well, you had some wise guys in your organization, you know, you had the, the Greg Shaw's and you had the, uh, the Mike Shaw's that understood that marketplace. And you took that, you guys took that to the next level when you did, you know, you did the family dollar and you did the, the Michaels and some of the, I was involved in both of those. So, you know, I know that, I know your marketplace. I know your floor plan over there. I know the people in the organization. So I've, I've been around uh, that that organization for a long time. And uh, it was probably the, one of the greatest experience I ever had being with Star to Star and working with you, you, you guys as a group interface because uh, you, uh, you, you were leaders and you still are because you're still bringing things to the market. You guys are visionaries. And I just uh, applaud you for that. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun organization. And it's, it's neat because it's almost like brothers in arms, you know, not to equate it, obviously, at the same level. But when you <laughs> go through a deployment like that, there is a lot of just, yeah, absolutely. how do we do this? You know, let's figure it out. And, and you just team together and, and you have these unique scenarios that you have to navigate through. It's, it's, never, it's never straightforward. No, it's it's always it's always a you know what 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 happens if this happens and you know you had a lot of engineers yeah. that were just like you know just just trying to beat up our our platform and and rightfully so and I'd be beat up in a good way to make sure this is going to work and uh, it it worked it it still it's still working in a lot of your applications out there and I I don't know I, I get real pumped I'm kind of pumped up today I had too much coffee this morning but. I'm, <laughs> I, I still get excited about talking about interface because I remember um, my boss came into my office one one afternoon and says, uh, well, how does St. Louis sound? I go, I've never been to St. Louis. He goes, well, how about going there for a couple of years for us? And I go, oh, really? 
St. Louis. It doesn't sound like much fun. I live in Florida, but I went out there and I spent 10 days uh, in St. Louis and I spent five days at home in Florida and did it for two years. So I lived out of suitcase. Uh, I just had an apartment up there and I lived. Uh, it was great. You guys were always, always brought a challenge to us. And um, I can just say that I've worked with many people in the organization that I, um, I know some are still, most of them are still there. And um, I don't know, I, I, uh, I, I get excited still talking about it. I remember actually introducing your, your current uh, support person, Brian Schumacher. I remember introducing him to that team and I brought him over and we, you know, walked around the building. We talked with, uh, you know, Mike and Greg and all these guys and brought him into the group. And uh, I don't know, you guys are still hold a, a big place in my heart because you kind of, um, I kind of, I, I kind of grew with you guys. So see how wound up I am. I'm going to stop talking. I'm over talking. Sorry. No, so, that's awesome. I mean, it, yeah, no, me as a new guy, I get to see some of that nostalgia too. It's kind of like, I wish I was part of it, you know, and, and obviously we all went our own paths and now we're together, but it's, it's neat to, you know, hear people reminisce about the, some of those deployments that we went through. Steve, you were talking about, you know, some of the stuff that's coming with the, with the, with, uh, you know, some of the advanced video technology, you know, what, as someone sort of on the front lines with customers, especially with, with, with what's happened over the last 12 months, you know, what, what are retail sites looking for? You know, what's, what's of interest to them? How are they going to drive business back? You know, how, you know, are they, you know, what are they, what are they, what are their feelings are, you know, what are they thinking about? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are thinking about just how do I address the change in the way that people are consuming my products and, and, you know, whether it's a QSR and retail, and obviously we have a big focus in QSR and retail. When you think of us, we're really distributed enterprise. So it fits well with QSR, retail, you know, branch banking, hospitality, you know, now cannabis retail. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for us, um, when we're talking to these people, it's a, a little bit of a different use case than when you talk to a lot of UCAS companies that are really more focused on the, the remote worker, you know, the individual. We're really trying to understand the how the business is interacting with their customers or potential customers. And so there are some simple just blocking and tackling things that are important that people don't have if they're not leveraging UCAS, like auto attendance. I think about auto attendance, it's just one of those basic things that's uh, it's usually included, but you don't have that with a POTS line. And so if somebody wants to call and get directions and somebody's already on the phone, which Phones are much more heavily leveraged in retail now because people are calling ahead, they're making appointments. And so if the phone line's busy, you might have a lost customer. I mean, I was in Leesburg, Virginia this past weekend and I'm doing my curbside grocery pickup. I did my curbside, you know, obligatory home improvement pickup. Um, and then I was like, while I'm in town, let me just grab some coffee. I'm going to get a bag of coffee. And instead of going to a major chain, I wanted to get something local and, and try it out. And so I called a few places and they didn't pick up, you know, there was no yeah. auto attendant or, and, and there was no routing. And so, you know, the first person that, that picked up um, was the person that got my business. And so, you know, there's some of these basic things. And then, you know, for restaurants too, where they have, you know, limited seating capacity and there's a lot more reservations, things like understanding how many park positions can I have? You know, things that basic are, are things that are really use cases where historically, because phones and, and that communication wasn't as heavily leveraged, there wasn't a thought to like voice capacity planning 
how do I make sure that I am getting every interaction that I possibly can that's coming in? And so that's really a big use case in, in retail and restaurants. Um, you know, Bopus, you know, it is the kind of buzzword around that, but it's, you know, the buy online, pick up in store, that fits that use case. Curbside fits that use case. And then the oh, other thing too that hold I- Hold on, hold on, Bopus? Yeah. I've never heard Bopus. You're gonna have to stop on that one. Buy online. I mean, I get buy online, pick up in store, but I've never heard the abbreviation, Bopus. Yeah, so Bopus, I don't know. Maybe we invented it calling it that, but it's buy <laughs> online, pick up in store is, you know, the acronym Bopus. Um, but Bopus is, you know, I, I wanna, I wanna, you know, place my order. And that's exactly what I did, right? My wife went on the, the grocery store website, said, I want four cartons of eggs. I want this many gallons of milk, bought it, transactions complete. But now you're going to pick it up in the store as a completed transaction. And so there's, there's a lot of um, network activity that happens there, right? You've got to, you've got to make sure that your inventory is accurate. So you have real time mm-hmm. inventory as a piece of that. Um, you have the communications piece because now when i when I arrive, how do they know I'm there? Well, you, yeah. you go onto the app or you have to send a text message. And so, you know, there's the UC um, component to it. Um, there's, there's the texting and app component and all of this stuff is integrated. And if you don't have the infrastructure to support it, you're, you're potentially losing customers because now that's a, basically a requirement. A lot of yeah. people aren't just walking into a store and, and shopping. They, they want this focus. And to be honest, I like it. I mean, I like going into the grocery store and getting the samples, but I also like showing up and having a, you know, trunk full of groceries in 10 minutes too. Yeah. So it's, it's the convenience factor. Well, I think, I think it's curb- interesting. Go ahead. I, mean, I think it's an interesting use case because I think at the beginning of the pandemic, which is, which was about a year ago now, even, you know, locally we have a Whole Foods, right? They're owned by Amazon, massive, massive company, but even their Bopus was, not great. Like, you know, yeah. when they first started doing it, you would pull in, there was no spaces reserved. There was no number to call. You know, it was very, it was like, you know, it was just very scattered. And by now, and now, you know, they've got spaces, they've got, you know, here's the number you text here, or here's the, you know, press it, push this on the app. And I've seen the same with like Panera Bread and with Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. and with Publix. I mean, the place, all the places sort of around, like, all of their digital experiences have gotten so much better over the last year. And I'm wondering, are, are companies coming to, like you, like Interface and saying like, look, we're struggling with this, help us implement. Is that something you guys have helped with or seen a big uptick in? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, you know, when we look at some of the franchise organizations that we've recently onboarded, one of the big pain points is really making sure that the network is ready to handle these new applications. So if every location has a different configuration on it, you know, you think about, you know, maybe a five location regional customer, that's not a big lift to say, we have this new application, here's how it's going to work on the network, let's design it to be able to, to, to support this application. When you have 100 sites or 300 sites, or you have 200 sites and, you know, 200 franchisees, yeah. rolling that change across the entire enterprise becomes a massive challenge. Um, and so I think that's why you've seen these organizations. It's, it's taken a while. A lot of them were, were caught flat-footed where they didn't have the base infrastructure to rapidly deploy those changes. And so it's been this, you know, massive lift to, to be able to implement those types of applications. And so people are coming to us now and saying, you know, what did you do for, for this franchise organization? And so 
that's one of the things that we do is really try to build standard um, practice around how things are designed so it's scalable. And if you, you know, you don't know what is going to happen in six months. And so how can you adapt to those changing markets or changing communication methods? Yeah. I have a family member who owns a couple of like franchise, little like small franchise restaurants. And I know for him, he, you know, they had the app in place and they, and they, and they were doing it. And I think, at this point, I think he, he would rather prefer doing it that way. Cars coming through drive-through, do pickup outside, and people coming into the restaurant. I think it, you know, I don't think business has really decreased that much. I think he's actually able to get more people, in, you know, through and and it's like he's got more space for his employees too, right? I mean, he's sort of like taken his dining room and turned it into like you know the you know more 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 space for for registers and for you know prepping food and all. You know, it's like it's basically you know, got like one giant kitchen. So people are a little bit more spaced out for social distancing purposes. Um, and it's, just, it's, it's all sort of worked together. And it, and it's, it's stories like that that are interesting to hear because you, you know, it's, it's basically customers adapting on the fly, trying to make the most of it. And, and, and then really saying like, look, there are some really inherent benefits to, to doing it this way, as opposed to the way we've been doing it for the last 50 years. So it's, it's yeah. just interesting to see that happen. Also interesting, and I think you're going to see a continued trend with this, is that voice communication is almost becoming passive, where people now want to communicate digitally, whether it's through a digital interface on an app and say, this is the bag of coffee that I want, or digitally via text. You know, I think we're going to see continued drive towards these types of you know, for better or worse, I mean, I like human interaction, but um, people are going to drive more towards just digital interaction with um, with retailers, with QSRs, where they just want a menu. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to look at, you know, the thing on my phone and say, this is what I want based on, you know, a five-star review. And that's how, you know, things are being consumed now. And, and that's a, an upward trend that I don't see, you know, decreasing. Yeah, I, I think that's something that, uh, you know, we all want to communicate uh, in the way we want to communicate. And <laughs> whether, and that's, that's, it's all about the, the collaboration of how we, uh, that's one of the things that, that you know, we look at is like everybody, uh, it's either going to be voice, it's going to be this day and time. I can't remember having a voice conversation over a cell phone. It's pretty much, I'm going to video talk to you. Uh, if you don't want to show your face, that's fine. But that's the way I want to communicate because I want to see what's going on. I, I think that you, you spoke about, you know, auto attendance and uh, I, you know, that one of your biggest retail customers you have out there basically is, uh, you know, the Michaels and uh, Michaels, that was their biggest challenge. They had auto attendance on key systems at every single location. And we took that from basically having that auto attendant in the cloud because, Two of their biggest drivers are basically people buying gift cards during the holidays. And the other one was going to their framing department, which is the most profitable part of that organization. So instead of having, you know, you got cashiers trying to answer the phone and send people to say, you got to call this 800 number. We basically caught all those calls in the cloud and says, you want to talk to someone in the framing department. And we, they dialed a DID number, which was local we still caught it in the cloud and sent it right to the framing bypassed everybody and the same thing with the gift cards we basically those calls just press one if you want to get a gift card and send someone boom went right to their they had a call center designed for that and you know that was what 
I think that, that was one of the biggest reasons why uh, Michaels came, came away. They kept all their key system in place, but we still had ways around that where that's what we are today, very flexible on how we operate. And, and I know you guys are as well. It's just like, you know, what are your, you, you guys are, are the, the sales strategists that walk in and go, what problems do I, can I help you with? And if you just keep that, if you keep your notebook open, write down the business problems that they're having, you guys got a solution for everything. It might not be, yeah. you know, it might not be on your website, but by golly, you can put those applications together. And that's why, you know, that's why you guys are so successful. Yeah. And I would say in that case too, you know, it's just being good stewards of the customer's infrastructure as well, because what we were able to do in that case, you made a really good point is integrate with the existing system. There was still some useful life left. You know, instead of trashing that investment and, and then investing in all the, the cabling infrastructure that would be required to just move Absolutely. to like a purely hosted solution, yeah. we were able to integrate. And so it saved, you know, probably millions of dollars in project costs. And at least it, it saved it for that point in time. You know, they, they still need to move later down the road and, and they're still going to have to, you know, do Cat 5 eventually. But, you know, they were able to, to defer that cost to you know, years in the future, Um so yeah, I mean it's it's really just about understanding the use case and getting creative. Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. That whole project was uh, was a fun one because it was like, you know, I'm I'm kind of I, I really I've been in sales, but mostly telecommunication sales for so many years. It was like I, I just love those kind of concepts. Like you know, what are your problems? It didn't necessarily talk about you know buying a phone from me. It was about you know like what are your problems you're having, and that was one of those that just intrigued me. Like to keep your existing system. They had so many telephone lines at each location, POTS lines, you know, uh, and they'd had seven or eight POTS lines for a retail location. I mean, and they had cashiers trying to answer those phones. So it basically, we just, we, we, we kept them where they were on their platforms, but we just made it so much easier for people to navigate themselves and get to the right location. I need to know the hours and the actual address of the location that I'm calling. Press two, boom, did it. it. Was all set up. Never had to reach the store. If you needed to reach the store, press zero, and you'd be answered by someone there. It was just a, I don't know. It was it was a great that was a great project. So was Family Dollar. That was a that was a good one as well. That that still was uh, one of those just kind of fell into place. We I remember taking that one to the. I was at the one yard line when Brian Schumacher came in and got the, he got the, he got the score, but you know, I, I was the, uh, I was the fullback all the way down. He was a halfback. He took it in, but that's okay. I, I don't hold much resentment. If you can't tell. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just oh, yeah. Brian is uh, a superb guy. He's still there. He's uh, uh, one of those guys that, uh, you know, you can get pretty much Brian is a guy that, We'll dig in and work with you on any kind of project you have going on, and he'll and he'll beat the heck out of us as well if we need to get better in our pricing for you. Just like I used to do. Yeah, and that that goes to a good quote I like. It's uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't worry about who gets the credit. Exactly. Exactly. So, Steve, talk to me a little bit about talk to us a little bit about you know you, you mentioned at the top some stuff that's coming like. What, what's the future of retail security, retail networking, retail, the digital retail look like over the next 18 months or so? Like what, what, what are some of the cool tech that you've seen coming down the road that that's, that's exciting? 
Yeah, I mean, I think some of the cool tech, I mean, we'll, you know, on the network side, obviously, um, you know, SD-WAN is going to continue to be a, a big buzzword that people use. I think with, with SD-WAN, with, and it's really, it's not about SD-WAN per se, it's about template-driven configuration where you're able to stamp and repeat many times very easily. Um, it's going to allow retailers and QSRs and other companies that are distributed to really rapidly adopt and deploy new technologies. And so I think it, that's just going to become a necessity. It's, it's not a, it's not a, if it's a win, you embrace this type of platform that allows you to rapidly make changes in your environment and adopt new applications. Um, so I think that's just going to continue to be a trend. I think there's a, a massive market for it. I think uh, PCI 4 probably going to be something that, that retailers and QSRs are going to be particularly focused on. Um, if you think about the networking side, if, if you're, if you process credit cards, you're, you in some way interact with the PCI council. And so each data security standard becomes more and more uh, rigorous. And so, you know, making sure that you're adhering to the latest standard, there's going to be a ramp up period, but you know, making sure that they're compliant really fits well into that as well with standardization, with documentation. And now instead of, you know, having to produce snippets of configurations from a command line, you can grab a screenshot from a GUI and say, here's everything that's configured. And so it becomes, you know, evidence requests are much easier. And on the voice side, I think just continued integration with, uh, with applications and continued kind of new communication methods. You yeah. know, texting for curbside and, and these curbside applications become more and more important. And I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, I, I think just the convenience factor, I think it's here to stay, maybe to a lesser degree at some point. But um, I can tell you, sometimes I'll probably just do curbside, even if just for the convenience factor and to, to you know, pay that couple percent premium. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think I think that's here to stay. I, I, don't, I don't see that going anywhere. Yeah, there's a, it's just there's so much, you know, and, I, and you know, I think. You, to your earlier point, when you're talking about like, you know, video sort of like hotspots inside of a retail center, I think that's going to become more important too, because if you have less foot traffic, you know, you really got to make the best of the people that come in, right? So you got to, if, if those, if those folks that are coming in, you've got to, you've got to convert them. So, you know, I think all of that is going to become more and more, you know, important on the BI side. Um, so, you know, it is, it's fascinating to see how the retail and, and QSR space is going to change. I think we're sort of still at the, in the sort of infancy stage of, of, of a lot of that, you know, you know, especially, I think, I think you're going to see like building configurations change and how they build drive-throughs. And, you know, you might see, you know, some retail chains might start putting in drive-through type stuff, you know, like, I think, I just think there's so much coming that, that, that that's going to, that, that the pandemic is sort of like forced these, these companies to innovate. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, there was and, uh, a technology know. that we talked about, David, with uh, one of our podcasts. I don't know if you recall, but um, literally had a some type of technology, and I, I, it was cell-based technology that basically anybody coming into a convention, um, you could actually gather the person's information. Uh, you could gather their name. If they were registered at that convention, you could see you know, uh, how, hard, how high up they were in the organization. And it basically had kind of, he theorized it having a dome over a convention yeah. center, if you will. And you could tell where they went in that and where they spent time. So you could focus and see if that was a potential new customer. 
So is that type of technology, is that something that, that uh, you guys are looking at, Steve, uh, for like a retail location when they go in? So you help and, and see where they, they go in and spend their money? I know you're using video, but that's more of a, you got to watch them to see where they are. Are you taking that down to a level to seeing where I'm actually the data, the analytics of where they are in that, in that uh, building? Yeah, definitely. So the video, you know, it can be a real time interaction. Let's say it's a tour and somebody is leaving work at a late time in an area that's high risk. We can do real time video and we can say, okay, we're going to, you know, guide you via audio and video out to your car safely. Um, you know, kind of a virtual guard type service. But like you say, we can use video to gather those analytics. And one of the data points that we do capture is those traffic patterns. And so you're able to, you know, track a, a human through a location and then see every data pattern. So, and, and the cool thing is in the analytics platform, the, it's not streaming video to the cloud. So you have this massive load on, on the network to pull all this data. It's actually the, the crunching happens on site. And there's also been a lot of talk about like edge compute. This is a, a great use case for edge compute because there's a massive amount of compute power that's required to watch you know, that, that video clip and then turn that into data. And then yeah. that data is what goes to the cloud that gets reported. So in traffic patterns, you can consolidate to, you can, you can simplify and kind of blend traffic patterns and, and you know, tune it on a slide bar type scale where you could see in a 24-hour period every single you know, piece of traffic, or you can blend those to see common traffic patterns to say, okay, 60% of my traffic goes straight to the register, or and you can even identify operational issues like you can see traffic going around something and then you look at a, at a actual video clip and you can see that well, when the delivery came in, it sat there for three hours right in front of the register. <laughs> and you know, it was all these boxes. And so that's a problem. That's a management issue that now you've identified where you can call the store and say, you guys get a delivery, that's going back. Um, and so, you know, there's some cool stuff that you can do operationally. And I think where it gets really interesting is layering AI on top. So, you know, I think AI, is, you know, we've just scratched the surface. I mean, yeah. for now, there's, you know, cool stuff like if I'm buying a two by four online, it suggests males, right? And they suggest, you know, other things. That's just, you know, child's play compared to what we could potentially be doing with AI. And I think there's some really cool stuff, you know, both from a life safety standpoint, you know, protecting and understanding trends to, to keep people safe, um, but also opportunities where this person is, 90% likely to take your upsell suggestion when they're checking out, you know, based on some behavioral analysis. And so, you know, you can actually, you can convert that to dollars. You know, it's really just about how can you aggregate all this data and make it useful? Yeah. I think that's something like at Amazon, you check yeah. out, it's like, did you, did, you, did you forget this or certain people are looking at, Yeah, I, I think actually, uh, Steve, you're my long lost son, because I can see the smile on your face. <laughs> basically how enthusiastic you are about what you do and that's that's kind of in, in what my early days it was like I, I just was so passionate about it I'd come home and tell my wife about it and she'd be like you know I, I've had enough just leave me alone so uh <laughs> I so do the same thing pleasure having you on here it, it truly is a, I don't I haven't smiled and laughed a lot in the last few days but uh you have brought it on so I appreciate you being on there uh, David, yeah, let's close us out. 
Yeah, Steve, we really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Uh, it's been great getting to know you and learning a little bit more about what Interface is up to nowadays. Um, we always love oh. talking to our partners and, and hearing what their customers have to say. And uh, it's great, um, great partnership, great relationship. And we great to 2021. Stay well and uh, stay happy. And uh, that, that's it for this episode of Pens in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. And I'm John Roth. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.